you know, uh, the big lie. God's so put this on my heart, you know, these last two years, as we even look back over 2021, who could have imagined, in all seriousness, right? Who could have imagined all this transpired? Not just in our country, but all around the world. There's so many distractions with the ever-changing health, the business, and political climate that we all find ourselves in. And I found myself, I don't know if you did, but I found myself constantly re-evaluating my plans, okay? I mean, what's going on here, God? I got this direction, this area, the way I'm walking here, what's going on? Maybe some of you kind of struggled in the same way. You know, what I finally came to realize, and I'm not the brightest crayon in the box, all right? But the biggest distraction that keeps you from discovering God's plans for your life are your plans. You know, I mean, haven't you ever thought about this? You know, if you think, if I could figure this out, uh, you know, what you want to do with your life and you're going to do it, you're going to be happy. If I had a little buzzer, I'd go, eh, wrong. You'll be unsatisfied until you find the purpose, the true purpose that God has made each and every one of us for. See, we can make all the plans in the world and they won't ultimately satisfy us. I mean, we'll wind up getting bored or we'll get dissatisfied, you know, but what we need to do is to focus. Friends, as we walk into 2022, this is it. This is the last year of 2021. And I know many of us are really happy about that, but I was real happy when 2020 ended. <laughs> so I learned we were walking into this and we got to have a refocus. Where are we going here? See, don't miss this. And if you're a guest here, I have three or four don't miss this. And I say these just in case you fell asleep during something else I was saying. I want you to remember these. When it comes down to your life, you have only got two choices. You can choose to do your own thing or you can choose what God has made you for and what God called you to do. Because here's the deal. You can't do them both. You know, God's mission is not like something you tack on to your life, okay? Well, I'm going to go do mo I'm going to go ahead and do my thing. My goal is, well, to make a lot of money and, you know, and retire. Plus, I'm going to serve God at the same time. And God's mission is not something that we tack on to our plans. I love what Paul says, the Apostle Paul here in Acts 20. He says, but my life is worth nothing to me unless I get to retirement. Oh, no, no, no. That's not what it says. Paul's, oh, yeah, I read that wrong. Paul says, but my life was worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. Notice what the most, most important priority is, is to tell other people. We're supposed to be the ones. Okay, I'm supposed to pass it on. Think about this. Somebody told you, we're supposed to tell other people. We're supposed to tell them, hey, there's this really great news I need to share with you. I know the world around you is crumbling or looks weird and people are living in fear and afraid to travel and all these things. But no, 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 I got some great news for you. You want to make, especially 2022, you want to make your life count for something. You want 2022 to count for something. The best investment of your time and money is getting people into heaven. It's the best investment. That's going to make a difference, not for 10 years or 50 years or 100 years. It's going to make a difference for forever. There's nothing, there is nothing you can do that is more significant 
with your life, spending that time with those grandkids, spending that time with your children, spending time with that neighbor. And just when God gives you that opportunity, just share to them the hope that you have inside of you. If you help just one person, one, get into heaven, your life has meaning that lasts for eternity. Nothing, I'm, I'm, as your pastor has got to tell you, nothing else you're going to do in life. There is no achievement. That's why I ran that, ran that video clip for you. There's no achievement. There isn't anything that is more important than getting someone into heaven. And it's so easy to get distracted from the purposes that God has for us. You know, so as we begin the journey into 2022, and look, and no one knows for sure what the heck is going to lie out in front of us here. Jesus shared with us, though, the importance of building our house, our lives, on the rock. So when the storms and distractions of this life come along, the question we got to ask, are we going to be able to withstand them? How have you done these last two years? You know, I mean, are, are, you know, I'm just like, you know, I'm, I'm going to have a party one day when this is done. and invite you all over and we'll get a big bonfire, <laughs> you know, and we'll toss all these things into the fire, you know, the ones because... And eventually, get right. God will make everything right. There's an expression I have heard over and over, and I bet so many of you have. And they said, you know what they did? They just went with their life. They just built themselves a house of cards. Did you know a house of cards is an expression that dates back to 1645? And it means a structure or an argument built on a shaky foundation that it's very easy to collapse if just one part is overlooked or one part is removed. Did you ever try building a house of cards, you know how difficult that can be. Well, Jesus shares a story in Luke 12 about a Wall Street kind of guy, an entrepreneur who lost perspective and he fell into the big lie, the myth that every one of us is vulnerable to. So this is it. Don't miss this. This is the big lie. The big lie is that our self-worth, our sense of security, and our sense of satisfaction is just wrapped up in our stuff. You know, as long as I got a big enough 401, I got the house, I got, the, oh, then we're okay. Jesus is trying to teach to a crowd of hundreds and hundreds of people. When all of a sudden he's, in a, he's standing in front of this crowd, all of a sudden some guy just interrupts and he says this in Luke 12. Someone in a crowd says to Jesus, teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. Can you imagine that? A family squabble over money. I mean, aren't you glad that never happens to you, right? I'm sure there's never any fights in your house over, over money or in your marriage, right? Of course not. You know the old saying, don't you? Where there's a will, there's a relative. And that's what's kind of going on here in our story today. You see, this guy asked Jesus to tell his brother to give him a share of the inheritance, he doesn't, here's what's interesting. He doesn't ask Jesus to judge on the merits of the case. No, he doesn't ask that. He says, would you look, you know, he goes, would you look at this and just tell my brother to share with me? And right here, Jesus says to him, you there, who appointed me a judge or arbitrator over you too? And then in the very next verse, Jesus issues this strong warning to everyone that was there. Beware, beware and be on guard against every form of greed. For not even when one has an abundance does life consist of the possessions. Powerful. Let that last phrase, can I encourage you? Let it just soak in for a second. 
A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possession. You see, Jesus is basically saying, just be careful that it isn't a card in your house that you're trying to build. He doesn't say your possessions are bad, did he? No. He says you're not going to find life, the kind of life that you really want in your stuff. Because money is amoral, all right? It's not good. It's not bad. Jesus said to watch out, be on guard. He says, just be on guard. As we're walking into 2022, be on guard for all kinds of greed. See, don't miss this. Greed's not defined by what something costs. Greed is defined by what something costs you. Oh, man, that's good. I'm going to say that one again. Greed's not defined by what something costs you. Greed's defined by, greed is not defined by what something costs. Greed is defined by what something costs you. And Jesus goes on to tell another parable. And back into Luke 12, he says, There's a land of a rich man was very productive. And he began reasoning him to himself, saying, What shall I do since I have no place to store my crops? So here's this guy who's already quite affluent. He's not a bad guy. He's a nice guy, it seems. He's gained his wealth honorably. He's worked really hard, okay? So far, so good, right? If Jesus was telling the story today, I think he'd tell it like this. There's this Wall Street guy, and he pulls his Bentley into a six-car garage late on a Friday afternoon in Indian Wells. He walks into the house, he takes off his jacket, walks over, gives his wife a kiss, and he goes and sits in his home office just to check on final things. And he turns on his PC, and what he sees just astounds him. His company stocks just from the time he's been gone from the office to here, they've gone through the roof. I mean, they are like soaring. And he thinks, oh my gosh, he thinks how far he's come. He's looking at the money. He just he goes, how far he's come from the early days when he's maxed out all his credit cards. He took a loan against his house to start this business. He started in his garage when he was living in Blythe. And now he's just had a staggering return in the stock market. And he's faced with a dilemma. What's he going to do with everything that's coming his way? And then Jesus here in Luke 12 goes on with the story. He goes, the guy says, this is what I'll do. I'm going to tear it on my barns. I'm going to build larger ones. And there I'll store all my grain and all my goods. Doesn't plan on doing anything evil. Maybe he walks back out to his car, into the garage. You know, he opens the trunk of that Bentley and finds some blueprints that he brought home. And he walks back into his office and he opens them up in that beautiful desk he has, you know, probably solid mahogany, you know, just beautiful. And he looks at the plans that are going to quadruple what he has currently. Yeah, you know, it's going to mean more years of 12 to 16 hour days. But, you know, he's a smart guy. He's done the cost benefit analysis. He's gone over all the projections with his senior staff. He believes he's got everything covered for every, con every contingency. So when the payday comes, back to Luke 12, he says, and I will say to myself, you have many goods stored up for many years to come. Relax, eat, drink, and enjoy yourself. You know, I mean, let's face it. You know, Jesus, if he's telling the story, he's just basically saying, man, oh, man, I have what I've always longed for. I'm a legend in this industry. I have security for me and my family. I'll live, with the, I'll live the rest of my life 
with this satisfaction, oh man, I made it. I'll vacation, I'm going to tell you, and the best resorts, man, I'm going to Fiji all the time, you know? I'm going to eat at the finest restaurants. I'll collect the world's finest wines. That's going to be my life. He no more finishes that thought, and he's got this sensation in his chest. It's kind of a stretching kind of pain. He starts to think maybe it's indigestion. Quickly, the pain shoots to his shoulder, his arm, his neck. He tries to stand up, He can't stand. He tries to speak, but nothing comes out of his mouth. And his head hits that desk. 45 minutes go by, and his wife calls for him. She's putting on her coat. Doesn't answer. They always head to their favorite table at their favorite Italian restaurant on Friday evening. It's kind of a date night on El Paseo. It's kind of, you know, their date. She calls three times. No answer. She walks into the office, and she sees his head down on the desk, and she thinks, he's sound asleep. When is he ever going to slow down? She walks over. She shakes him a bit. No response. Panic sets in. And even though his body is still warm, he's gone. Just like that, everything changes. The autopsy says, He had a massive heart attack. You see, the irony is that a guy who developed a reputation throughout the business world and financial community for covering every possible scenario had not planned for the one predictable one of life. It's not as if God has kept the future from him or any of us a secret. One glance at a cemetery tells us all where we're going. And while the business and the financial community mourn his loss and celebrate his life, this is how God eulogizes him. Are you ready? In Luke 12, 20, you fool. With God, you fool. This very night, your soul is demanded of you. And as for all that you have prepared, who's going to own it now? Let me ask you, why do you think God called him a fool? Was, this, was it his affluence? Well, it can't be. I mean, there are many godly people in Scripture that were affluent. you got Solomon, David, Barnabas, Nicodemus. God used all of them in, in great, great, great ways. Was it what he proposed to do with his wealth? Well, he was going to preserve it. He's going to grow it. Okay, he's going to tear down his barn. He's going to build a bigger one. Makes sense. Just made sense. I mean, if, if you get a big return, it's good management, isn't it? To preserve and to grow what just came in. What's the flaw? Where's the fatal flaw in the story here that Jesus is talking about? Well, Jesus concludes, such is the one who stores up treasures for himself and is not rich in his relationship towards God. See, He's not criticizing the guy because he's affluent. He's criticizing because he's arrogant. His arrogance. It wasn't wrong to plan for the future. It's that his plans never included God. He fell for the big lie. That's what I'm driving home today. We're walking to 22. Don't fall for the big lie. It has plagued humans since the beginning. The life consists in the abundance of our stuff. This guy was just trying to meet the three basic needs all of us try to meet, okay? Our need for self-worth, 
our need for security, our need for satisfaction with his money. That's what he was trying to do. His life was a house of cards. Deep within all of us is a desire to feel like we matter, right? That we're valuable, that we're respected, right, by other people. And that's what the media keeps telling us. If we want to be somebody, isn't what they tell you, you want to be somebody? Well, you know, you got to live in that certain house behind that certain gated community. And make sure you drive the car with that special insignia on it. Make sure you dine at the right spots. Better make sure you vacation in the right places. I know you're a bright crowd and you know the old statement, the Joneses syndrome, keeping up with the Joneses. That's what drives so many people. So a successful Wall Street guy says, this is what I will do. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods there. Let's leave that slide off for just a second. Do you hear the narcissism in what this guy just said? Does it sell me-centric to any of you? Did you notice in two verses he refers to himself six times? Six times. Money is a way for us to keep score, right, of our accomplishments. It's a very uncertain self-worth because eventually, oh my gosh, doesn't this happen? You run into somebody else that's got more. <laughs> it's like there's always somebody else that's got more. Then you sit there and go, oh, maybe I need to get more. I think of all the don't misses today, hang on to this one. How do you find your self-worth? You want to know how valuable you are? I'm going to tell you right now. You are worth the life, the blood, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus, Son of God. That's what you are worth. If we could get this straight, right here in our hearts, Many of our lives, we wouldn't build them like a house of cards. We could just really grasp what Jesus was trying to say and what the lies of the world saying and what Jesus is saying. If we just get that straight. Jesus says in Mark 3, if a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom can't stand. If a house is divided against itself, the house will not be able to stand. Look, at if you have one leg in the world, bloop, sorry, camera people. And if you have one leg in the kingdom of God, you're going to be unsteady. How do you, you know, see, are you seeing what I'm trying to come across here? Don't miss this. More does not make you worth more. Oh, man. More does not make you worth more. Jesus paid the ultimate price to show how valuable and how much each and every one of you are worth. You know, he goes on. Jesus says in Mark 3.27, he goes, no one can enter the strong man's house and plunder his property unless he first binds the strong man and then he'll plunder his house. Friends, many have been tied up by the lies of the world and they have been plundered from the life that God has prepared for them if they will just walk into it. They have available them the means to bind up that, those lies, to bind up that strong man, but they never pick up the ties to carry it out. Many lives are a house of cards that are just wavering. You know, one wrong card's pulled out and ooh, down it comes. We have all this for we have all this need for security and all they're betting everything on this house of cards. 
You're going to love this. I came across this cartoon. And it's got a picture of a woman bringing flowers to a cemetery. And she comes to her husband tombstone. And this is what it reads. R.J. Harwell, born 1935, gave up smoke in 1964, gave up alcohol 1975, gave up red meat 1983, gave up fried foods 1990, started walking regularly 1992. He died anyways, 1998. Friends, that's the truth for all of us. No matter how much we accumulate, we're going to die. And it's all going to wind up in a junk heap one day in dust, just like that video clip that I showed you. See, it's interesting to me that this Wall Street guy just kept accumulating and accumulating, but there's no suggestion anywhere, anywhere in the story that he ever gave anything away. <laughs> I don't know. Did you notice that? You see, when our stuff's hoarded, it doesn't benefit anyone. If you want to put your money in a really secure place, and I'm, I'm really secure, this is what Jesus says, Luke 12. Sell your possessions, give to charity, make yourself money belts, which do not wear out, an unfailing treasure in heaven, where no thief comes, no nor moth destroys. Listen, Jesus is just like, Jesus is like, <laughs> saying, just don't try to find, can't you just see him standing up here and going, look, look at everyone. I know it's been a tough few years. I know we've lost some special people. We've got some people who have been seriously ill. He goes, I know, I know. But don't look for security. And that kind of stuff and stuff around you, it's so vulnerable. Thieves can come in. All that stuff, all those things, it's going to be dust one day. Friends, I don't know if I ever told you, it's about, I guess it's 11 years ago now, our home was broken into. Uh, actually had a safe with things that were valuable to us. It was in the concrete floor. They broke it out of the floor, the safe, where we're gone, and stole it. Everything, I, everything of value was taken from us. Things my dad gave me, my mom, you know, we had precious memories and things that we had it because you put it in the safe. <laughs> everything was gone. You know what that did for us, though? It was freeing. Because if I went home today and all my stuff is gone, my furniture, my laptops and computers, it doesn't matter, I can buy it again. Where do you have your purpose? Where do you have what really matters? Because it was just, ultimately at the end, it was just stuff. It was just stuff. All that really matters is that I'm going to be with the ones I love in heaven. Because there is no other name than Jesus. You know that house that we think we have to have? You know it's going to be dust one day, don't you? Scripture says it. You know that business, you know, that you're going to spend a lifetime building? You know, you know what I'm going to say. <laughs> it's going to be dust one day. You know that portfolio that we're going to sweat and agonize over? You know, the one you're losing sleep? Over, wonder what's going to happen with the whole new uprise of the COVID and go, oh my gosh, should I sell stock? Should I keep it? Whatever. Dust. It's going to be dust one day. <laughs> Friends, when you give to the causes that are close to the heart of God, you're providing in something in heaven that is never going to wear out. Never. That's security. Friends, everything you've been dreaming of in this life, Everything that you've been working hard towards right now, it can change just like that. 
The CEO is out for a jog, feels a sudden pain in his chest, and just like that. Teenagers are driving in a car, somebody misses a stoplight, and just like that. Doctor says to you, you're lying in the hospital bed, just got out of the MRI machine, looks at you and goes, there's nothing we can do. Just like that. We've all been handed, friends, a deck of cards from this world. And we all have, to varying degrees, layers in our life that are built on some of these cards, on the lies of the world. Just don't forget this. Hang on to this. When you, get, you find yourself listening to different news outlets and talking heads and commercials and the blah, 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 the big lie that your self-worth and your security and your satisfaction is wrapped up in this stuff. I, I, the whole reason for this message is I want you to see it. Uh, this year, as you walk into 2022, if you've never seen it or maybe with fresh eyes, I want you to see it's a lie. The whole thing's a lie. It's a lie. It's vital that you see it. Don't fall for it. Don't fall for the big lie anymore. Marriages are falling apart faster than ever. Stress-related illnesses are at their highest. Our children are drifting away. People cancel culture. A house divided can't stand. If we don't address this, we're all, all we're doing is passing our house of cards on to our kids. I mean, think about it for me. Here you go, son. Here you go, daughter. Look at the house of cards they built. Now it's yours. Are you hearing me? I don't know about you. I don't want to be standing before God one day and hear him say to me, Paul, you fool. You are so foolish. What have you prepared for yourself? What have you prepared? Paul, you've been basing your whole life on chasing the wind. Everything you just based your life on is nothing but dust. Jesus told us, build your house your lives, your families, your ministry, his kingdom, the church on the rock. We can't afford any more, friends. They have a foot in each kingdom. You can't have one in the kingdom of earth, and you can't have one in the kingdom of heaven. So as I prepare to close, let me share an appeal from the Apostle Paul to all of us. It's from Ephesians. Therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, I implore you to walk in the manner worthy of the calling with which you've been called. With all humility, gentleness, patience, showing tolerance for one another in love. Be diligent to preserve the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. Remember, there's only one body and there's only one spirit. Just also you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father over all, and who is thrall and over all. Do you want to say something, Jeff? I saw you standing there. Um, I want to close in a moment in prayer, but what the prayer is going to be, I want it to be our last song that God put on my heart that I want us to close with, okay? And I want you to do as you're singing this song as a a prayer. I hope it's your heart that you're doing, and I want you to listen to the lyrics. Can I encourage you as you walk into 2022? Let's build our house right here. Unity. We need to be unified. Unity. Let's walk worthy of the calling that God has called each and every one of you. Have called on the name of Jesus Christ. So would you just all stand with me here?
I'm going to have Jeff say something here, and then we'll close with that song and final prayer. Okay. Paul, that was powerful. That was a powerful message, and I appreciate uh, that so much. Um, I just wanted to pray a blessing before we close for this church and for you for 2022. Uh, As Paul was preaching, it reminded me of a time when Laura and I first met. And I was traveling, playing the Nike tour, la, la, la. And uh, not very well, but I was playing. And uh, she was caddying for me. But anyway, uh, we all had all of our worldly possessions, a little bit similar to the story that you told, mm-hmm. in a Ford Explorer, right? And I had everything in there. And I even had a tuxedo. And there was no reason for me to have a tuxedo on the road. But I mean, it's just, and you know what they left? They just, they smashed the windows. They took virtually everything, but they left. They left something eternal, and it was my Bible. Mm-hmm. And it's the Bible that I'm still preaching out of today. It was uh, useless for them, you know. And they took some worship uh, tapes. I was wondering if they ever listened to them, you know. That had some worship tapes in there. But they, they didn't take my Bible, and, and that's a little bit of what Paul says. So prior to this close, uh, if you don't mind, I just want to pray uh, over you and pray for 22. Can you believe we made it through 2021? <laughs> I mean, it's just, I I can't imagine we're going to a third year of COVID-related things, but, and Lord willing, you know, we're going to be in a very much a different place in 2022. But I just want to pray a blessing over you before Mm -hmm. uh, we close with this last worship song. Uh, Paul, again, great, great word, uh, touched me in my heart. Well, Lord Jesus, we thank you for 2021. Why? Because you tell us to be grateful, to be joyful, to to thank God in all things. Why? Because it's conforming us really to your image, even the tragedies. We lost John Cranston this last week, uh, one of our members here. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was almost just like that. It was a little bit of a decline, but he went into Eisenhower and then and then he's with you now, and it, it, it brings some sobriety to our hearts to know. We, mm-hmm. We've lost a number of people this last year mm-hmm. uh, in our own congregation. I think of Lois. I think of a lot of different folks, uh, Sue McCollum and others. I don't want to leave anybody out, but we, we lost a and it, it, And that's our fate. But our fate doesn't have to be that we are eternally separated from you. Our fate can be that we have, uh, unlike the the wealthy man in the Mm -hmm. parable that Jesus told and Paul so articulately described this morning, we don't have to be like him. We don't have to be at the center of our own lives. It's the most liberating thing in the world. Father, I'm praying that in 2022, Church at the Red Door puts you at the center of our lives. I pray that we all prosper. I pray that we're all, we all do well in so many different areas in family and relationships and finances and health. Lord, I pray that blessing over this congregation and by extension, all those who are watching. But Father, I'm asking in Jesus' name that you would help us put you at the center of all those things in our lives. Lord, let 2022 be productive for Church of the Red Door, that many people would come to know you, recommit their lives to you, be discipled in knowing you, be sent out into the harvest. Father, I pray Mm. that for 2022. I thank you for 2021, but I'm asking you in Jesus' name to have a profound effect on our lives. Lord, allow us 
to be representatives of yours in 2022 in this valley and beyond. In Jesus' name.